0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck, and we are very excited today to have Mike Wright. Uh, He is the operations manager for Blue Room Enterprises, aka Blue Grow House Technology. Did I get that right, Mike? Yes, indeed. Or Blue Grow Systems, yes. Okay, Blue Grow Systems. Well, anyways, we're very excited to talk to you and uh, and welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we uh, so we met actually at a, a media event in L. A. and um, and I was really excited to find out what you guys are doing over there, um, especially because you bribed all the media people there <laughs> with some absolutely fantastic coffee. Um, and not to not to put the cart before the horse, but you guys are using this uh, this technology to make this incredible coffee. Um, but it also has applications uh, for cannabis, right? Absolutely, because uh, it actually works all across agricultural products. Beautiful. That's the that's that's what we're going for right here. Um, can you tell the audience just a little bit about? Kind of your background and your experience prior to finding yourself smack dab in the middle of all this high-speed technology um, that is applicable for not only coffee but
1: growing everything, including cannabis. Sure. When I uh, I went to college uh, back in the late seventies, early eighties, when uh, quantum physics was seeping into every every discipline and every philosophy, and and uh, any undergrad who wanted to customize their own Uh, track could, you know, weave in a physics component to it, and I ended up doing that. And so my sponsor would search all these ancient legendary texts that used to be considered myth and fable, and his whole premise was, what if these were the scientists of their day? And he used all of that uh, literature to propose grant funding. So I got the idea early on about multidiscipline and thinking broad instead of specializing. Uh, Jump forward to, after getting out of the military, uh, I moved up to the Pacific Northwest, uh, bought five acres of land. I uh, was a back to the lander, my wife and I, just to sort of re, uh, reframe our lives and, and take a look after our uh, adventures in, in capitalism and our adventures in uh, the military. And um, I, I grew uh, potatoes. I was an organic gardener. I ended up managing a gardening store. And I got exposed to uh, Rachel Carson's, you know, Silent Spring, uh, Secret Life of Plants, Secret Life of the Soil, and all these other uh, somewhat metaphysical approaches to agriculture and growing, but really rooted in what I had learned in quantum physics about the subtler effects that are not based on the Darwin and not based on Newton's view of physics, and just nitrogen and phosphorus and potassium is all a plant needs. So 30 years later, uh, here I am in developing this kind of technology that helps any plant and any community uh, build a, a richer
0: environment. Did you, did you find that this was kind of a, almost like a spiritual uh, type uh, journey or, or uh, you know, an
1: evolution for you <laughs> besides just the science? It certainly was. I, I was a seeker from the age of 10 when I got beat up on the playground. <laughs> and I said, "There's got to be more to life than this." And my dad took me to a judo class. So instead of a you know a classic Chicago suburbs playing football uh, kid, I ended up going to judo class and learning all about the uh, the uh, Oriental cultures and the Oriental perspective of of energy and resonance and and avoiding direct conflict by not finding an, a polar opposite, but finding a relationship that's collegial or collaborative and that led me eventually to uh, become a student of a number of spiritual methodologies, a number of different philosophies, and eventually I found uh, Jay-Z Knight, uh, who was the channel for Ramtha, and uh, joined that training program. And uh, still to this day, uh, I'm a part of that program as well. And it was Jay-Z Knight that invented the core technology that uh, Blue Room Enterprises develops in, in all the different areas. Who is that? Uh, Jay-Z Knight? Jay-Z Knight. Uh, She's the inventor. She's the one that got the patent on this. Uh, She had been tested back in the uh, mid-80s by a group of scholars, uh, excuse me, mid-90s, a group of scholars that said, yeah, we don't know what she does, but she's clearly not faking it, and she's not a split personality. She's accessing other levels of reality. And um, so it's a metaphysical journey in and of itself. But she has the ability to leave her body and experience all these other realms that we're swimming in, even though we may not be aware of them, and and bring back that knowledge. And that's how the blue technology uh, sort of came into physical being. Wow.
0: I have a feeling this is going to be an interesting uh, podcast here. And we are chatting with uh, Mike Wright, and he is going to talk to us now about... um, Blue Room, LLC, or Blue Grow Technology. And let's talk about specifically what, what is going on in this, uh, in this Blue Room, Mike.
1: Okay. The, the, the original uh, piece of equipment was a, an octagon structure with a couch in the center. The inner uh, uh, walls were lined with uh, stainless steel, highly polished mirrors, ultraviolet B lamps, and uh, blue LEDs. uh, There's also music and acoustic tones that create an entire atmosphere around the couch for the individual there. And it was used in spa, it's been used for the last five years in spa wellness settings and in medical clinical settings to attend to not just simply uh, a physical uh, health issue, but for the individual, the being, the spiritual, soulful, emotional being, and, and their journey, and to give them. A new perspective and to give them a mental reset and a break from the pain and the toil of the physical condition and Over those five years. We've expanded to 12 countries. We've got 40 different services uh, active right now in a variety of settings and then the next area that we began to look at and have rolled out this past summer is applying the same technology to agriculture and so we created the blue grow house which is uh, about a thousand square feet. It too is an octagon shape, it's 11 feet tall. And uh, it can come with all the bells and whistles of automated uh, control for environment, or it can be stripped down to the basics depending on what the the farmer or the agricultural facility wants. So that structure, the physical structure, creates an environment that uh, is a rich environment. The uh, shape, Uh, provides a resonance cavity uh, based on the physics of of the vibration and the synchronicity of structures that is perhaps not as conventional as Newtonian physics, but it's still at the level of the uh, deeper understandings of quantum and maybe other metaphysical uh, methodologies does have a component. And one of the things that I like to talk about when somebody wants to get beyond just the hard physics is that most greenhouse structures uh, is basically, it's a box, it's a cube. And uh, in nature, you just don't see that shape very often. The other thing that is rare for a greenhouse structure is to have uh, birds inside, whereas out in nature, uh, at least prior to 1964 and Rachel Clarkson's uh, classic, we had a rich environment of birds, bird song, and other uh, activities that created that resonance that created that vibration that interacted with the plant community and so our technology reproduces that with the structure resonance as well as the music and the acoustics hey Mike uh, what's the uh, you know in case people are listening and they
0: want to and they want to maybe take a look at it because I think this is a, a pretty awesome thing for people to be able to see what's a, a website URL where they can uh, see the um you know the actual uh, uh grow house? sure um
1: blueroom.com dot m.com is our is our main page and there's a link to the blue grow systems site uh in the upper right hand corner on that main page or if somebody wants to do a lot more typing bluegrowsystems.com which is b l u g r o s y s dot com. So we don't use the E in blue and we don't use the W in
0: grow. There you go. You're saving money on, uh, if you have to pay per, uh, pay per letter. I like this like a greenhouse, but better, you know, for the people that are listening to this, this is, this is really what we're talking about, right? Like it's kind of like a
1: whole nother level of a, uh, of a greenhouse. It, it is indeed. And another aspect that we incorporate into the technology is uh, the UVB component and the visible blue component. Yeah. Again, in nature, uh, over the last 100,000 years or so, as plants have developed and humans have developed in their communities, uh, was adequate from the sun. But in the last 100, 150 years, with the advancing of industrial technology, we've altered the atmosphere. And it's visible uh, in the spectral analysis. You can see the changes particularly The diminishment at the blue end of the spectrum and the uh, reduction of uv and uh, blue that reaches the earth's surface uh, because blue and ultraviolet scatter more easily coming through the atmosphere
0: wow so you're basically uh recreating the environment or recreating that uv spectrum that used to be available to plants before but it's changed through you know uh through time and stuff like that and you're basically kind of Taking it back to where the plants can get that that full spectrum,
1: yeah. So between the spectrum and the acoustics, you you reach uh, an environment that is more supportive, more beneficial to the plant at the genetic level because it was historically an environment that it flourished in, and when modern agricultural technology post World War II basically stripped down a plant to you know its ash characteristics and said, well, all we need is nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium in just enough quantities to, you know, get the plant to do what we want it to do. It became a factory farming operation, uh, which does create the product, but it doesn't create the kind of nutrition and the rich, rich uh, flavor spectrum and nutritional value that historically uh, we came to in, in small farms and in, in the pre-industrial eras, that our bodies depended upon in for their health and nutrition wow so is
0: there i mean is there actually you know, i'm just curious about this so the uh, the frequency you know are there studies that show um how these these frequencies
1: affect the plants you know uh, increase yields and stuff there are studies that show for example um the leaves of certain plants responding to music Uh, The stomata will open up on certain frequencies, certain tones, certain types of music. So they'll take in uh, atmospheric or foliar nutrients more easily, more readily. And therefore, they uh, aren't starved. They're stockier. They're, you know, they produce richer. Uh, But more interesting for me, I found is the studies that we've been focusing on is the, the soil microbe community. Because everybody at first is looking at the plant. What's the plant do? But right. if you look at the soil first, you see changes in the soil environment inside our grow structure that you don't see in conventional greenhouses and you don't see in conventional outdoor uh, soil samples. So you see a, a much richer diversity of living uh, microbacteria, uh, mycorrhizae, the, the gram positive, the gram negative. The, so even at a technical level of soil analysis, we see a change inside the blue grow environment responding in the microbe community, and therefore in the root structure uh, interaction uh, for the plant. I would imagine that it's probably a lot more important
0: what's going on under the soil than above the soil. Is that uh, that safe to say?
1: Uh, Well, it certainly is uh, much easier to create a healthy soil environment, a rich, diverse soil community, uh, and put your seedlings into that or your seeds starts into that because then the plant itself and the plant community has a much more, that is their main environment. We tend to uh, look at what's happening above the soil because we can see that. Mm-hmm. And it, takes, it takes effort to you know get your fingers dirty and learn to smell a rich soil uh, that the eyes may or may not discern uh, what's a good soil and what's a you know, less beneficial soil. But the nose will discern it, and you may be able to tell the difference between, you know, rich chocolate case, rich chocolate cake, and uh, uh, an environment in the soil that is more conducive to maximizing the genetic potential of the plant. Um,
0: okay, so I'll tell you what. Let's let's take a uh, brief break here, and we are going to uh, give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back, and we're going to dive in and find out more about what is. Blue Room LLC, Blue Grow Technology and start talking specifically about some of the science that you are applying um, and some of the other uh, kind of techniques that you're doing here to really produce the best quality uh, plants in the world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Ulabo US. Temperature control plays a vital role in cannabis extraction workflow. Attention to detail and optimization of processing conditions, from extraction to component isolation, remain critical to maximizing yield and purity. Ulabo US has the scientific equipment you need to accurately and easily control temperature during cannabis processing and post-processing. Ulabo US products provide heating and cooling power for rotary evaporators, closed-loop systems, extractions, distillations, decarboxylation, winterization, and more. Visit Ulabo U.S. to learn more. That's www.julabo.us to learn more. Okay, everybody, we're back. Welcome back to Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck, and we are here with Mike Wright, and we are talking about Blue Grow System. Okay, so help me understand, um, you, you also say on your website here, no... Fertilization, No need for any fertilizers. So uh, let me ask you this. If the, you know, the light, the spectrum of the lights and you've got the, uh, you know, the frequency, you've got everything that's that's uh, that's going on to make this basically a, uh, you know, like a green a next level grow house um, greenhouse. Why wouldn't fertilizer like if you just take everything else that you guys have done and it's all, you know, tip top you know, scientific, you know, spiritual, everything like that. Why wouldn't that fertilizer just help a little bit more? Um, How come you guys don't, you know, no
1: need for any fertilizers? Well, um, I, this is, this is an interesting subtlety because uh, the soil actually has a rich chemical resource available, but it's all locked up in inorganic form. Mm. And so there's plenty of nutrients already in the most soils that because conventional farming, conventional agriculture doesn't consider soil to be what they're growing, that doesn't consider the microbe community to be their un, unpaid labor, they think that they have to add more basic nutrients more nitrogen, pounds per acre, more phosphorus because it's leached out from the winter rains, more potassium because the potassium's locked up. But it's all actually still in the soil. And so we end up in conventional agricultural, putting more additions in, spending more money, putting more stuff on top and scratching it in. But it's so intense that the roots actually have to you know, work around what we're putting in. Because the roots don't have the soil community. They don't have the mycorrhizae. They don't have the actinomycetes that are the interface that digest or pre-digest and take the inorganic material into an organic state that the root fibers can then take up and, and feed on. It would be like us eating bricks instead of eating burgers. And, uh, you know, mm. too many bricks and you can't get out of your driveway. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's for sure. Um, so what, what, made you, what made you want to take this, this approach and this technology and everything like that into the cannabis industry?
1: Uh, Washington State was one of the first states in the U.S. to uh, pass uh, the cannabis laws, and so I've been able to watch what's going on here in the regulatory environment mm-hmm. and and see the parallels uh, from you know the early prohibition days of the 20s and 30s and how that alcohol was brought back into the legal side of of commerce and to be a part of that journey uh, sort of refers. Resurfaced our interest in in what we could contribute to the cannabis industry that wouldn't require more uh, you know conventional uh, agricultural approaches. And I understand just like in any other uh, agricultural industry where you want as a grower or a processor to be able to distinguish your basic product from the competition. And so we started with coffee and some other agricultural products that. Uh, Dr. Matt had available to him through contracts down in Ecuador, coffee in, in Hawaii. And uh, we sent those out and they were very well received. Uh, our coffee farmers took gold and silver medals at the Paris Cupping Competition in 18 and 19. And so we knew just from our prototype testing that what we, our approach to agriculture was making a difference at the taste side, as well as the nutrition side at the, at, at the end user part that could allow somebody to distinguish their product, uh, from your run of the mill product.
0: Ah, so you guys were, you guys were, you had an aha moment where you were like, okay, you know what, if this is going to work for, you know, coffee and this is going to work for other things, this could produce some of the best, uh, uh, cannabis and, uh, and
1: then it was just kind of go from there. Yeah, because cannabis is really at the start of its launch. Mm-hmm. As, as crazy as it's been for the last decade, it's still early in you know in terms of what does the consumer demand ultimately uh, balance out at? Because ultimately, it's a consumer product now, and so the uh, the grower and the processor are going to want a consistent experience for their buyer, their end user, and to be able to brand that and identify that. Um, gives the grower and the processor a guaranteed market. Once they identify you know what their niche is, they've got a solid demand market that that supports that feedback mechanism, that community um, of growers, processors, and end users. Wow. so and then that creates a
0: a ultra premium product.
1: Yeah, or at the very least, it creates a stable relationship. Between mm-hmm. the grower, the processor, and and the end user, and sure there may be you know distributors and middle entities involved and retailers, uh, as opposed to say you know consumer-based community agriculture, but we've seen this pattern before. And as early as cannabis is in becoming a uh, consumer industry, this is just is a great time for us to be able to offer the technology for those that are interested in. distinguishing, um, their brand, uh, with something that is not going to be easily replicated by competitors. I like that. I like that. Um, what, what kind of, how, how
0: can people in the cannabis industry, if they're interested in this technology, um, how can they, how can they get involved? How could they try it out? And then most importantly, you know, what, what can they expect, um, by utilizing this kind of, uh, this, this system
1: that you guys have developed? Well, the uh, easiest way to get involved is by way of the website and just you know sending a contact email, a query uh, for more detailed information to get connected with uh, Matt Martinez, who's the co-developer and our lead on the agricultural side. We can set up a, a call uh, just to find out what the level of interest is. Um, you know, One of the challenges is somebody's gonna ask us in advance, well, how much before I invest, what am I gonna get in return? And yeah. we're early in this technology. We've got, you know, comparison growths. We're doing, uh, you know, you get more leaf, you get more bud, you get sooner market cycle or shorter market cycle from seed to product. And we don't have five years of research on this to say, oh, well, here's all the studies. We're, we're, we're six months into this, maybe a year. Um, our folks out in Hawaii, are doing some cannabis testing right now uh, with starts that are inside our grow house and starts that are inside their conventional grow structure. And, uh, I mean, they're seeing uh, stockier, uh, shorter, stockier uh, plants. They're seeing earlier uh, leafing and fruiting. But we don't really have the uh, long-term research that somebody who is, you know, well-established is waiting for a write-up that says, well, here's you know, here's all the third-party research. In fact, if somebody wants to get involved, uh, one way that a grower might want to get involved is to send some samples to our folks uh, in Hilo and say, here, you know, here's some of my seeds, or uh, try and send me back what you get from this. Let me compare to what I'm doing. So we're still uh, looking for people that would help us establish uh, the the grow cycle rates and and reproduce what we're doing so that uh it's not just us because obviously we have an interest in in our own product and, and selling uh selling the uh the structure and the technology so you can't 100 percent rely on what we say about our own work we want a few other people that are involved to say oh yeah i tried it and i saw the difference that's why we presented the coffee at the media event it's like you yeah. try it you know if you like it give us a call um, and All of this technology has a subjective component to it because it's not classical physics and it's not post-World War II agriculture. There's a psychological component to it. It's psychophysical. And I think the folks in the cannabis industry understand that at a deeper level than other agricultural segments because they're coming out into commerce where they've been in the underground. And you basically have to rely on your own experience and your own spider senses to tell you what's the way to navigate.
0: Yeah. So you guys are looking for, you know, all types of collaboration right now. You, you seem like you're you're you know, you're really open to uh, different kind of ways that we can really get deeper into this technology and, and see what we've really got going.
1: Yeah, because ultimately I could I could say that, yes, is a shorter cycle to market from the day you plant your seeds to the day that you sell it off. Uh, and I could say yes, it's got this much CBD oil and this much THC and you know a lot of physical stats but it's going to come down to how does it taste? What's the yeah. response on the user? you know that's what we want to hear from you know can you tell a difference like the guys at the coffee cupping competition in Paris when you can go to a you know a world championship and you're up against the pros and the judge says, I, I don't have words for this. I like it, but I can't tell you why. Then uh, you know you're onto something and you know maybe next year they'll have a new verb or a new adverb or a new adjective for what what's the uh, UVB infused effect?
0: I can I can uh, testify right now. my right hand is in the air and uh, I'm telling you right now that coffee that you gave us, that award-winning coffee that was grown using this technology is uh, it's absolutely it's fabulous. And, uh, you know, when I grind it up, throw it in the coffee pot and, and make some of it, the the oils, you know, just the smell, everything like that, uh, is, is it's a, it's a really, really great experience. So, um, that was really smart of you guys to get that in our hands and let us kind of, you know, uh, have a little bit of a sample and, uh, hopefully, uh, it's going to work just as well for the, uh, you know, other, other, uh, products that you're growing. Amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is. It is absolutely. It's really, really good coffee. Um, Okay. Well, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of, you know, let our audience know that maybe we haven't covered here um, regarding what you guys got going on over there and the the technologies and what you're looking to accomplish?
1: Um, I think maybe the the broadest idea is that um, agriculture is not just a physical process. There's an emotional component to it. There is a mental component to it. There is a spiritual, soulful component to it. And when we, as growers, processors, or handlers of a product that ultimately is going to be experienced by an end user, when we understand that every attitude that we have, that everything that we touch is influenced by our mindset, and the more that we can have a larger, holistic mindset about what we're offering— we maximize the opportunity, we maximize the community, we maximize the genetic potential of the plant or of the animal or of our fellow human beings because we're offering to them the what we see as a greater potential than what's come before us.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I I can't the way I can't say enough about the fact that in the industry that um, you know, that we're in right now, that a lot of our listeners are in, in cannabis, in hemp, it is such a, uh, it feels like a real social and almost kind of a spiritual type relationship with the plant, with, you know, with the herb, with the products that come from it. So it seems like the perfect type of environment for this, uh, uh, for this to all kind of come
1: together. Absolutely, and the Blue Room, the original technology, actually was the first uh, unit that the Buddhist Cup uh, Sanctuary installed and they bought it for their employee wellness program that's how this all got started because they said well that sounds good we want our employees to you know to have that mind state before they go out into the fields or they go to their greenhouse and then they thought wonder what would happen if we put our beans in here so it, it just the unknowns the possibilities are never worse than what we've already experienced there's a lot greater future ahead of us well, and, and you know, it makes sense too, because
0: people are connoisseurs of coffee, right? People, people have a relationship. I mean, God, let's be real. People have a relationship with coffee, uh, you know, probably like, uh, similar that a lot of people have with, uh, with cannabis, you Absolutely. know? And, and, uh, so that's, I, th- I think that's really, really cool. So if somebody goes out to Hawaii, can they arrange
1: where they can come by and, uh, uh, check, check out the operation? Absolutely. Uh, let me give you my email address. Okay. And- it's Mike W, that's M-I-K-E-W, at Blue Room, dot com, And I would be happy to connect anybody uh, with our grower and supplier at the Buddhist Cup and arrange uh, for a tour and a visit. We'll pop you into the Blue Room so you can experience that. We'll get you some coffee and you can tour the Blue Grow houses as well. Dude, that
0: sounds that sounds really awesome. Well, we really appreciate you being on with us today. Um, it was a pleasure meeting you in person, and I hope some people uh, uh, take the time to reach out and uh, hopefully we get some collaborations um, and just continue to uh, you know drive the industry forward, especially here where we're applying you know, uh, science and technology and uh, a little bit of uh, uh, spirituality into uh, into this industry that everybody loves and and cares about so much. So thank you very much for being on with
1: us, Mike. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Charles. Thank you to your team as well. I look forward to hearing from uh, some of your listeners. And, uh, you know, for me, it's photosynthesis for the soul absolutely okay everybody well thank you very
0: much for uh for joining us this time uh if you enjoyed this episode make sure that you uh you like and you share uh with your friends and make sure that you subscribe so that you can uh listen to all the upcoming episodes of cannabis tech talks where we will be chopping it up with some of the uh most innovative uh brands and people here in the industry and we really appreciate you guys listening And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media so you can stay in the conversation and visit our website, canatechtoday.com.